Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Hello, everybody. Welcome to part two. This is part two of our Jurgen Klopp retrospective. Um, one little erratum thing that I have to get in is that yesterday we were talking about um, Chelsea 1, Liverpool 3 in the 15-16 season. And I thought, and Doug thought, it was that 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 amazing game with Henderson's incredible goal. But no, that was in 1617. And we're going to talk about 1617 today. And just for the record, in 1516, when we beat Chelsea 3-1 away, that was the game where Ramirez scored first after four minutes at Stamford Bridge, only for Coutinho to equalise on the stroke of half-time. And then Coutinho got another one and there was another goal near the end. I believe it was Ben Teke who got the third and it was 3-1 to Liverpool all those years ago. And I'm delighted to have Connor with me. Connor from the Cop Council. How are you doing, Connor? Can you tell our listeners all about what you do, please? Uh, Well, first of all, thank you for having me on, mate. Um, And yeah, um, practically... At a Liverpool channel um, at the moment. Uh, I think tomorrow we're going to be talking on my channel about the Newcastle situation and that whole um, whole deal. So yeah, looking forward for that. But yeah, just Liverpool content. Um, planning to do a Mohamed Salah special in the near future. So yeah, um, if you anyone wants to come and check it out, then please do. Absolutely. Do check check out Connor's brilliant channel on YouTube. Marvellous stuff. Uh, so, yeah, 1617, although, as we proved yesterday, the the mind, the, the, the haunted houses of the mind can have a few cobwebs when we look back. But, um, you know, the, 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 some of the memories are just so sweet. This is 1617, so we've just finished the Europa League final. We lost to... Villarreal, uh, sorry, was it Villa? I can't even remember, you know. Uh, we beat Villarreal in the semi, and then, of course, we beat Sevilla. There you go, blimey. Crikey. But it's Unai Emery. It's the Unai Emery link that's confusing me. I've just got his face in my mind saying, good evening. Anyway, <laughs> um, so here, there we were. There we were in the summer. No European football because we had finished in eighth place on 60 points in 2015-16. So, Connor, can you cast your mind back then? Because we made six summer signings. We brought in Joel Matip, Karius, Clavin, Manninger, Jeannie Vinaldum, and Sadio Mane. So, I don't know. Tell me about your, 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 what you remember, how you felt back then about the signings that we brought in. Um, I, I, excuse me. I remember it being the some the whole January to about June where we were just watching Bundesliga football just for Joel Matip and just going, could he be Liverpool's you know centre half that we've been wanting for so many years? Um, from having like you know Hippier and Agger and and, and you know of course the Europa League final where I think Colo Torre was probably our man of the match in that game. Um. And realistically, looking at it, and it was, of course, looking what Jurgen would do um, in the summer, where I think that we did, none of us had a clue. Um, I think we all pretty much identified we needed um, a forward, which was, of course, Sadio Mane. Um, and, of course, we all know what's happened with Sadio Mane. But I've said plenty of times I wasn't really a fan of Jeannie Wijnaldum, um, the whole transfer. I got a couple of Newcastle friends, which you know, 25 million they were laughing at. Um, and I think, look, it, it was at the time a, a questionable signing because I think Genie pretty much played on the left-hand side for Newcastle, didn't he? Um, and, you know, Jürgen brought him in, you know, Joel Matip as well. Uh, and, yeah, it was just, it was a very good summer for what we needed, I, I, w- I would say, especially Carrius as well, because I know, you know, at the time we were all pretty much fed up with Mignolet. Um and then he sadly goes and breaks his I think was it his finger or, or, or his rest in preseason, which did not help at all. But apart from that, I think it was a pretty decent summer for Liverpool. 
yeah, I can't remember if he burned his hand on his hair curlers or something like that. But yes, um, yeah. And uh, but the big summer signing. I mean, I've, I've got the price in euros only. It's forty one point two million euros. Was Sadio Mane, and I remember him um, dividing opinion at the time. At the time, I was teaching some journalists from RMC Sport here in France. I was teaching them English, preparing them for their. That was their first season of having the Premier League on their channel, and so I sort of, you know, as a Premier lifelong Premier League obsessive. I was, uh, you know, and first division before that. I was, you know, sort of bringing them up up to speed on the on the pr pronunciation of Bournemouth, which is very hard for French people to 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 say, uh, and things like that. And we were talking about players, and Sadio Mane signed. And the day after, I had a lesson with about six journalists from RMC Sport, and I was arguing with them all, Connor, because none of them were that impressed with Sadio Mane. They were all like, well, he's good, but, you know, £35 million pounds really for Sadio Mane. And I was dancing. I was cock-a-hoop. I was delighted. I was boomps-a-daisy because I had seen the killer that was Sadio, the killer in his eyes. That, Of course, there was that famous hat-trick, the fastest hat-trick scored in, in Premier League history, but the 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 unpredictability of the man and, and his speed and we so badly needed speed because we were playing you know Firmino on the wings we were experimenting with different things of course Coutinho as well we needed a bit of pace and Sadio Mane seemed like as you just said um you know we got really things that we really needed that summer and I was absolutely delighted can you remember because I, I totally understand people who weren't that enthralled by him because you know he he did have some dodgy games he was a little bit inconsistent for Southampton but do you remember how you felt about Sadio Super Sadio oh the the, the main man Sadio Mane um I I remember being very very happy about it because um I remember I think pretty much every Liverpool fan knows the game that I'm going to talk about and it's obviously the game uh where I think we were two 0 up against Southampton. And then we ended up coming. Uh, we ended up losing the game um, three two by a Sadio Mane hat trick. I think it was he got two goals and an assist in that game. And I, I, I think even Jurgen was like, "Yeah, we we, we need we we need this guy um, because he is he's lethal." Um, and like you said, he has those killer eyes. And just just watching him. You know, I kept watching him a little bit. You know, obviously, he scored, like you've mentioned, he scored the hat-trick, um, the fastest hat-trick in Premier League history at the time. And it was just, I think, Liverpool and Manchester United's, you know, name, I think even Chelsea's name was getting thrown around Sadio Mane. And we were like, oh, OK, sound. Um, you know, Chelsea might end up getting him because of, the, of course, the money in Manchester United. But, you know, when Liverpool got him, I was ecstatic, I should say, because... It was exactly what we needed. We needed someone with pace. And I think pretty much all of us thought that he was going to be the centre forward like he was for Southampton. But, you know, of course, it, it, it turns out to be, you know, a bit of a, a shocker that Jürgen would play in right wing, um, obviously in 16-17. Well, it, it was a... It was a masterstroke. It was a master signing. And that first game, I mean, it's it's always nice to talk about this game. The first game of the season was away at Arsenal. Um, it, it was Arsenal 3, Liverpool 4. And if we actually look at that game, um, the order of scoring in that game, which might, many people might have forgotten, was that Theo Walcott scored first in the 31st minute, assisted by Alex Iwobi. And Arsenal at the time were were pretty good. You know, they, I think they were still under under um, uh, Arsene Wenger. And they had some good players, you know. They had uh, Aaron Ramsey, for example, was a good player. Alexis Sanchez, who was supposed to be... I mean, I mean, he was in his prime at Arsenal, wasn't he? Really, really good player. But... The mental strength is what I want to ask you about, Connor, because in that game, we came back after going 1-0 down and we had that free kick in, four, you know, just in injury time. Uh, 45 minutes had just gone on in the first half, injury time. And Philippe Coutinho stepped up. And I remember what I was thinking. I, re I remember I was just thinking, well, 
this free kick, if it goes in, would be one of the great free kicks. I hadn't seen anybody score from that distance from a free kick, apart from Juninho Pernambucano. But I hadn't seen anyone score from a free kick from that distance perfectly into the top corner. He was against Petr Cech. I think it's one of the great free kick goals, Connor. This this one is it's forgotten because Paul Gascoigne did it in the FA Cup semi-final in 1991. And you could go back and look at a video of that. And that's a much lauded free kick in sort of English football history. But this one was just as good and equalised. And it was a great time to score. And it was great for our mentality. So much so that in the second half, we blew them away. And within... Uh, 18 minutes of the restart, we were 4-1 up and Sadio Mane had scored that famous goal where he just dribbled past the, all of them and whacked it into the top corner. But that, that, I mean, the joy. Surely you remember. What do you remember about this game, Connor? Do you remember the free kick? Do you remember the joy? Do you remember the feeling of like, wow, we've got a mentally resilient team now? Yeah, I, I I remember it being one of the most frustrating first halves. I think, um, for for being a Liverpool fan, I think Arsenal at the time, obviously, you said that they were, you know, under Arsene Wenger, which they which they were, and I think looking at it, you know, back, you you go, you know, Arsenal were a decent team. You know, back then, you know, Wenger, I think they still had Sanchez, they still had, you know, Petr Cech, they still had the spine, you know, that had kept them then in the top four for so long. Um, and I think to come back the way we did, because I think we got battered in that first half. I think, remember, you know, if my memory serves us right, I think that uh, Simon Mignolet just kept us in it, um, I think, a few times in that first half. And when that free kick, when the foul happened and I saw what it was, it was like, just hit it. Don't cross it. Don't play with it. Just hit it and see what see what you do. And then he, Phil Coutinho goes and does that. And and that was that was Phil Coutinho in a nutshell. He could create magic out of nothing um, for Liverpool Football Club, and he he did it again. Um, and I think the the second half was you know as as we've known. Um, a just completely different game, you know, battering Arsenal for everything, you know, Mane looking excellent, you know, beating those three or four players. I remember, excuse me, I remember back, you know, I think Sadio outrun Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain um, to the ball and just made Ox look, you know, puny then you could say um, to him. And yeah, what a second half it was. Um, and then classic Liverpool, um, I remember it um, giving us a heart attack where it was like, okay, brilliant for, you know, up until about 80 minutes. And then it was like 4-2, four, four then 4-3. And you're like, just please, please don't draw this again. Like, we don't do a classic Liverpool and give up three points. You know, you've deserved three points in the second half. And luckily we managed to, you know, of course, win that 4-3. Um, and it was the start of where, Liverpool could look amazing and look terrible at the same time. And that was a cause of concern, I would say, but also exciting as well. It, it was a weird, weird feeling, I would say. Yeah, really good points there. Yeah, there, there's something in, in the mentality thing, because it was actually just one minute after Sadio Mane scored his wonder goal. It was in the 64th minute that Oxford chamberlain made it 4-2. And then... Only uh, 11 minutes after that in the 75th minute when it was 4-3. And there was something in the way that Arsenal kept pushing, but they couldn't break through. And we did go away from the Emirates with three points that indicated some kind of mentality shift. And it's, you know, it, Although, you know, it, many things happened overnight with Jurgen Klopp in, in, in terms of bringing more belief to the players, bringing more belief to the fans. But the, the, the resilience part, I think that that's something that, as you say, we looked very shaky at times that season. That was something that, that, that has grown sort of, you know, it grew slowly, um, you know, until uh, we signed Alisson and Van Dyke, and then it went through the roof. But the... The resilience, even without those two world-class players, you could you could see it 
at times in that season, couldn't you? And I just wonder, you know, if you remember the mentality, yeah, there was that famous meme of the car with the Lamborghini up front and the, you know, what was it, Robin Reliant at the back or something like that. But Yeah, uh... <laughs> like a broken, like a G-Wagon broken down. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, th- I, th- I think that was... That was a perfect summary of how Liverpool were in sixteen seventeen. I think our attack was tremendous, and then it was. I, <laughs> I always remember thinking back, um, I like, like looking at centre halves um, and thinking, "Oh, like he'll do instead of like the Liverpool centre half pairing that we had half of the time um, <laughs> at that time." Because it was like just watching it sometimes was like. I generally think a Sunday league team could defend better at times, but it, that was the charm of Liverpool back then. It was the fact that we didn't give a damn about defending. It was just attack, attack, attack. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, just we didn't know. Everything was epic. Everything was so exciting. You're absolutely right. Um, I think we only kept, I think it's uh, two clean sheets until the 19th of, of November that season. So there you go, um, including uh, a League Cup win over Burton Albion, which was 5-0. Anyway, um, the next game after Arsenal was, was Burnley 2, Liverpool 0. And this was one of those where I, I believe we had something like 22 shots, 23 shots. They had three and they won 2-0. And it's one of those where you can tear your hair out. But well done to Liverpool and Klopp because although we drew the next Premier League game one-one, we then went we won we then won five matches in a row, including beating Leicester City four-one, including that game that I alluded to earlier with the Henderson screamer into the top corner. That was two-one at the Bridge on the sixteenth of September, and then from the, after those two great results, we we beat uh, Derby County in the League Cup. Um, then we beat Hull City uh, 5-1, yeah, 5-1, and then Swansea City 2-1 away, and then it was Manchester United, and we finally kept a clean sheet, 0-0 though, we didn't score for the first time that season, and uh, sorry, apart from Burnley, we also didn't score, Um, but then, you know, so in terms of a reaction to to losing away to Burnley in such a... it's such a horrible circumstances. We then didn't lose a match until the 4th of December when we lost to Bournemouth, when we were 3-1 up and they came back to score three late goals and it was a real capitulation. But at that point, we were going well. We were going third in the league. This was Antonio Conte's Chelsea who, were, who ran over the league in the end and we were always playing for the top four places. Um, but Connor, beyond that, um, we get, you know, December was good. Um, we we drew 2-2 with West Ham and then we beat Middlesbrough. We beat Everton 1-0 away from home at Goodison. And let's just pause for a moment to talk about that one because that was the 19th of December 2016. Um, it was, uh, I'll try and th- find the scorer in a moment. Yes, yeah, Sadio Mane, of course it was, in the last minute that ball that where Sturridge hit the post and Sadio Mane came in. Your reaction to that goal, Connor? I mean, were you running down the street, flailing your arms, singing hallelujah? Oh, I, I think I lost my voice after this game. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, I was just, I think I remember just shouting and screaming Merry Christmas Everton. For for a couple of for a couple of hours, um, but yeah, the whole the whole game was Liverpool just going for it, um, and I, I remember, and look, Everton at Goodison's it's always a difficult game, but this game, obviously, you know the previous results in you know November and December, we were like, like we I think we just come back um, off beating Middlesbrough three 0 and I think it was a very rotated squad um, for that because it was saving for um, the Everton game. And I just remember it. It was just so, you know, we were just trying, 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 and nothing was happening. And then I remember, like you said, Danny Sturridge just came on and he just looked like a fresh, you know, fresh air in the middle of the park. And he just whacked it, hit the post. 
And I remember Car- I remember watching a video of Carragher just screaming, and I, I think that was just the video that every single Liverpool fan was at at the time. Um, and from that, I, th- I think we were only two points off Chelsea um, at that time. And I remember a lot of people was going right. Well, Chelsea, they've got, they, you know, they've got Europe. I think they had. I think you know we didn't. And it was like, okay, could we? Could we fight for a title? It wasn't really, you know, a, an aspect thing. You know, I think all of us was like, you know, top four. But you know, Leicester the pre- the previous year won the Premier League. You know, it, 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 things like that was. You know, the impossible was possible, then you could say, um, at times. And, of course, we all know um, we, we, we were pretty much fighting for the top four. But if we could go on, you know, could we could we fight one-on-one with Chelsea? You know, of course, you know, the, the game earlier on that we alluded to, you know, we, we, we won that. But it's where game, games like this wins you titles, then you could say, or gets you top four. And that was the crucial thing as well, because it was just so nice to watch Everton fans thinking that they could nick it, and then Liverpool did, did end up nicking it. And also, I remember there was a photo of, I think someone, you know, they threw a flame on the pitch, and it was just Sadio Mane running, you know, directly into it, into the fans. And it was just, I think it's a really cool photo, like if anyone can find it. Yes, and Lovren coming through the mist. Yeah. And it oh, was it was man. such a good such a good photo. And it just, it was such a good just a good feeling afterwards because it was just thank you Everton Merry Christmas by the way <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, I can't quite remember who Everton had as manager but I think they were playing terrible football at the time which also helped uh, their manager was uh, was Ronnie the Red with his red Christmas tree Ronald Koeman. Um yeah I've got a few details of that match in front of in front of me we had 11 shots in the game and and Everton had only six, despite having Lukaku up front. Um, with uh, behind him was uh, behind Lukaku was Valencia, Ross Barkley, and Aaron Lennon, and they were coming up against our back four of James Milner at left back, Ragnar Klavan and Degsy in the centre, and Nathaniel Klein at right back. This is before Trent's breakout season. I, I looked at. He was on the bench for this one, but uh, Klein played basically the whole season at right back and Mignolet was in goal. Um, in midfield, we had Vrijnaldum, Henderson in the six and Lalana as a midfield three. And then the front three that started the game were, were Bobby Firmino, Divock and Sadio Mane. So it's, yeah, but it's Jürgen Klopp's substitution. You mentioned how Sturridge came on and changed the game. And... I don't think Jürgen gets enough credit for his substitutions in general because they tend to, not always, not always, but they tend to change the game more often than not in Liverpool's favour. What do you think about that? Do you, do you agree with me? Yeah, I agree. I think the only frustration I think it is with Jürgen's substitutions in general, I think it, maybe to some people they would seem a bit long, like maybe like you know five minutes ago that this should have happened maybe ten minutes ago, but when he does make a substitution, it does usually work. Like I remember, I think earlier on in this season, I think he substituted Adam Lallana on in midfield, and I think he had a goal and assist um, straight off the bat. I can't remember which goal it was, but I remember it was in that you know toxic green kit that we had. Um, for this season oh man um, yeah i remember toxic thunder was that what they yeah, called it <laughs> toxic thunder I, I i actually can't remember i know we had i i know we had like that red obviously the, the red home kit with i don't think it was the embroidered badge i think a lot of people were frustrated by that because i think it was a print on um and then i just can't remember what the away one was i remember the toxic green because i remember the middlesbrough game but i can't quite remember what the away one is I think it was Ooh. was it yeah it was black yeah right? let's uh, uh, let's just just googling it yeah it just seems to be plain black basically black. with a kind of a, a white collar going down a, a little bit in in the middle going down into a sort of very thin v shape but uh yeah not very memorable compared to the uh <laughs> the, the uh lime green luminous green uh with gray 
band going over the top, Toxic Thunder. We've had some great Toxic kits. Uh, that was a New Balance um, at their finest, uh, that Toxic Thunder. But uh, no, yeah, the, the home kit was was uh, red with, with gold lettering. And uh, yeah, as you say, yeah, okay, some people were disappointed about that. Um, but yeah, um, James Milner playing the entire season at left back because uh, I can't remember if, if Moreno was injured or if Milner was just clearly better than Moreno. Um, and I mean, here we are five years later and James Milner is still filling in at fullback and he's still <laughs> doing a great job. Um, I mean, how how important has he been under Jurgen Klopp? One of the one of the unsung heroes or have people sung his name enough for you? What do you think? Oh, James Milner. What, what, what a lovely fine wine he's turned into. Um, <laughs> I remember quite, I remember what, what, the whole left back thing and it was like, I, I think we, that, that year it was just, obviously just after the Europa League final, wasn't it? And it was the fact that he had probably the worst game I think I've ever seen anyone as a left back for Liverpool. Maybe Paul Kincheski, um adds to that. But that, second half you know we don't need to really talk about that but I remember I remember constantly we'd be in a game and like obviously we've been treated now to you know Liverpool left backs but I remember James Miller constantly cutting in on his right foot cutting in his right foot and it was he never gambled with his left um at all yes. I think that was the most frustrating thing ever <laughs> but to be fair if you're if you're a right footer and you're constantly on your right you know, look, it's pretty understandable. But Smilner, I, I don't think many people give him like give him the proper respect for that season because I don't think I know that Chelsea pretty much had you know the left wing backs. I think you know, I think Marcus Alonso might have been around at that time, um, and so for, I think Ryan Bertrand as well was also quite good that season. But I think James Milner was up there being one of the best left backs in the league, and he wasn't even a left back. Um, and it, it, it was it was frustrating. But you know, Jurgen had no faith, did he, in Alberto Moreno? Um, even though apparently he was the best finisher in the club, um, so I would have liked to see him at striker. Um, <laughs> but yeah, J- J- James Milner, it, it's look, he's a you could literally tell him to go in goal and I think he would um, and, and I love him for it and yeah he's just a fantastic player and I, I don't think there's any other free transfer out there that has been as good as what James Milner has been Absolutely for any club, for any club he's been supreme so we followed up that Everton match with a couple of wins, we 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 um, beat Stoke City and then we beat Manchester City on the thirty first of December, twenty sixteen. We beat them one nil. Um, the goal came from Genie Vinealdum in the eighth minute, and then we kept them at bay. And this was uh, Manchester City with Sergio Aguero up front, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Raheem Sterling, David Silva, Fernandinho, Yaya Toure. Zabaleta, Stones, Otamendi and Kolarov at the back and Claudio Bravo in goal. And so our defence of Ragnar Klavan, Degsy, Milner and Klein uh, with Mignolet somehow managed to keep them out. And uh, we won 1-0. And I do remember at the time thinking, really, maybe, maybe we can look beyond the top four. Maybe we can actually challenge for the league. But I remember Kloppo sort of laughing at the suggestion and saying, no, 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 we, we're still going for top four. This is ridiculous. And it played out like that in the results in January because January, we were awful. We were absolutely awful. I've got the, uh, I've got the, uh, the, the actual record in front of me. We had nine games in all competitions including a two-legged League Cup semi-final, and we lost both of those. In those nine games in January, we won one, we drew four, and we lost four. And then it moved into February, and we're thinking, well, good Lord, we can leave that awful January behind. And we end up losing our first game in February as well, and we were beaten by Hull City 
awful. Although, you know, Andy Robertson was playing for them. So, of course, you know, anything could happen with Robo at the back. So after that game, we were in fifth place and we were well and truly fighting for top four. Chelsea were up at the top on their own on 60 points. Manchester City, 52 points. Tottenham, 50 points. Arsenal, 50 points. Liverpool, 49 points. And Manchester United, 48 points. Connor, why are we so rubbish? This continues to this day. Why are we rubbish in January? And then we seem to get better. Um, it's a great question. Um, I don't think there's a true answer to it. I think in this season, it was the absence of Sadio Mane going to the African Cup of Nations. Um, I think we drew, yeah, we drew 2-2 against Sunderland, which I think Mane scored, and uh, I think he scored an own goal as well. Um, and that was his last game until, I think he was a substitute until Chelsea on the 31st. And then it was just, I don't think Liverpool had a plan B um, apart from from that, I think pretty much we had run. I think we pretty much ran a, a, a sprint for a marathon from the start of the season until January, and then Liverpool just totally gassed out. And it's to be fair, it's still a thing. Like you said, it's still a thing now where Liverpool we always seem to either lose or draw in in January. Um, don't know whether or not if you know Jurgen's having too many uh, Christmas parties. Um, the whole Liverpool <laughs> squad's having too many Christmas parties, but it's it, yeah, it's just always been a thing, isn't it? And you know, hopefully, of course, this year it's it's, it's different from that. But I remember this like the January to February period. It was it was just so frustrating because Liverpool were playing really really good football, but we just wasn't getting the results. And that where I think the massive frustration was. You know, we were talking about you know potentially going for the league title, potentially fighting Chelsea, and then we were speaking about Tottenham and Arsenal for top four, um, and just seeing the massive drop off. And I think that was where people really got frustrated um, at the, how the results were going. It's weird. I mean, those results after, as you brilliantly said, Sunderland to Liverpool to I think Sadio Mane gave away a penalty rather than scored an own goal, but. Um, it was J- Jermaine Defoe who got two penalties that game, I think. And so then um, there was, uh, we drew with Plymouth Argyle in the FA Cup. Uh, then we lost in the League Cup, the first of the semi finals, away 1 0. Then we drew with Manchester United away 1 1. Then we won the replay of the FA Cup 1 0. Then we lost at home to Swansea in the Premier League. We lost at home to Southampton in the League Cup semi-final. And we lost at home to Wolves in the FA Cup. Then we drew at home with Chelsea 1-1. Then we lost away to Hull City 2-0. And then we had a match against Tottenham. And Tottenham were good at that time. The 11th of February 2017. Their lineup included Harry Kane, um, Son, uh, Sissoko, who did they have? Uh, no, sorry, he wasn't in the starting lineup. Sorry, they had Harry Kane, De- Deli Ali back when he was quite good, Christian Eriksen, great player, Son Hong Min, uh, Musa Dembele, Victor Wanyama, Eldeviraud, Eric Dyer, Ben Davis, and Kyle Walker at right back with Hugo Lloris in goal. That was prime Hugo Lloris as well. They were a good team, they were in second place, and um. They came to Anfield and we we ended up winning that match 2-0. Sadio Mane back from the African Cup of Nations. Two goals in two minutes in the 16th minute and the 18th minute. And he's just such a great player on the right-hand side, on the left-hand side, wherever you put him. But again, we managed to get nil. And our defence that day, because I think Lovren at that point picked up a had picked up a, a big injury... And uh, Clavin was out. So we ended up playing Lucas Lever, centre-back. And he was at centre-back for a lot of the the second half of the season. I'd forgotten about that. So our left side was Lucas Lever and James Milner at the back with Mignolet in goal, Joel Matip and, and Nathaniel Klein on the right-hand side of our defence. 
And again, how the heck did we keep out Ericsson, Ali, Son and Harry Kane? I don't know, but we did. Um, and there's something about that tactically, uh, about Jurgen Klopp, because it doesn't really matter the personnel, that when we're on it defensively, although it was rare for this season, but we, when we are on it, we tend to limit teams. Now it's a lot easier because our personnel is a lot better, but the way that Klopp's tactics, I've always been amazed by how he can nullify teams and he can stop players like Son, players like Harry Kane, players like Leo Messi when he came to Anfield. Doesn't matter who he is. And I wonder if you've got any ideas as to as to how he does that, Connor. Do you know how? Because I've I've been thinking about it for years, and I and I find it hard to work out the the, the nuances of our defensive tactics. I I, I wish I knew the answer. Um, maybe a, like maybe I'd be in a manager's job if, if if I did know. But I think that <laughs> I think that that Jurgen Jurgen's always changed things up each year. Um, if that makes sense, he's always, you know, throughout the years, you know, he's gone from well for Liverpool, he transformed Liverpool this year in particular to go into that four three three that we all know and love. You know, a couple of seasons ago, you know, trying that four two three one, and that's where you can. There's always a development, you know. There's always a a tweak that he does. And no one knows about it until it's too late, I think. Like, I think in this game particularly, I think he played Stadio Mane more centrally. Um, so he could literally just ball in behind, Mane would get it, score. Because everything Mane, I think, touched in that season turned into goals. Um, and that is where, obviously, now we've been fortunate with the personnel that we've had. Um uh, at Liverpool over the last few years, but back then, you know, it was him, it was Sadio Mane, it was Sturridge, uh, Bobby Firmino as well. You know, Bobby Firmino now could play on the left-hand side. Back then, he couldn't. Like, I remember a few games of this season where Jürgen tried him on that left-hand side and it just never worked for Liverpool. And he's managed to change things like that. Now, you could probably see Bobby Firmino change from a false nine to a left wing in a game, you know, as a, as a rotation. And that's how well Jürgen has done. And Jürgen's a, he's a fantastic man-manager, isn't he? You know, he'll get the best of every single individual person if he's given time with them. And I think that's the positive thing with Jürgen Klopp, where he can literally transform someone from from a part of their game where they're terrible at for them to be brilliant at. And I think that is what brings out the best in each player at Liverpool. Like even back then, and and even now to the present day, I think that's what it's so good with Jurgen Klopp is the fact that each player knows that he he'll help you. It's not a selfish thing with Jurgen. Where you know he'll demand, of course, he'll demand the stuff for himself, but it's for the team benefit. It's not like you know. You are the superstar. Everyone does everything for you. It's everyone for themselves. And I think that's what Jürgen has done fantastically with, you know, just the man management side of things. Yeah, that's a really good answer. Yeah, he does get a great shift out of Sadio Mane and, and Mohamed Salah and Bobby Firmino, of course, the front players. We really do defend as a team and close down the spaces of the passing angles. You're absolutely right. Um, so, yeah, we followed up that fantastic win with a 3-1 loss away to Leicester. That's how inconsistent we were. But then we went on, a, on an unbeaten run of uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches, five wins, two draws, no losses. And you started to see Liverpool, you know, turning on a bit of style. And there's a little glimpse into the future with what it's like. We kept scoring three goals. We scored three against Arsenal. We scored two against Burnley. We scored three against Everton uh, on the 1st of April 2017. And it's always worth just pausing a little bit of the Everton matches. Just briefly look at this one. This is Sadio Mane, who got the first goal on eight minutes before someone called M. Pennington, forgotten man, equalised uh, for Everton 
on the 28th minute, some kind of time machine from the 1910s, maybe. Pennington scoring for Everton. And then uh, Philip Coutinho, three minutes after Everton had equalised, made it 2-1. And then Divock, because Divock always scores against Everton, made it 3-1 on 60 minutes. And that's how it ended. Um, but then, from then, we were in a real, a real, real race uh, for this top four. Um, there were loads of teams in it, especially Arsenal. And uh, we drew 2-2 with Bournemouth. Uh, then we beat Stoke away from home, 2-1. Then we beat West Brom away from home, 1-0. We just had the Premier League to play for at this point. And then Crystal Palace came to Anfield. And it was the 23rd of April, 2017. And we lost, we famously lost that April, 2017. And who would have thought, given the context we've been just been t- talking about for about 40 minutes of this season full of inconsistencies with our Morris Minor um, defence. Um, who would have thought, Connor, that that would be the last loss at home for many years? Because I didn't. <laughs> I remember the feeling of losing yeah. to Palace and thinking, God, we're not even, we're not, we might miss out on this top four here what, what do you remember your feeling then 23rd of april 2017 oh, I, I remember wanting to break uh, like a few things because of course you have sam allardyce <laughs> yes big cake. sam oh man yeah. with his pepper army and his pint and everything <laughs> well it was him wasn't it, it was him and christian benteke and you were it was just written in the stars that Christian Benteke would score against Liverpool because it just is, isn't it? Um, and it, it was the fact as well where Liverpool, like, I remember Benteke, I think he was celebrating with Mohamedou's uh, Saka as well. And I remember just, I think, Jurgen's rage afterwards because I think Saka was on loan from Liverpool um, to Palace and, of course, couldn't play. Um, I think I remember just Jurgen's rage just about that moment in itself, let alone the game itself. Um, <laughs> and I remember, I remember, I think Coutinho scored. Uh, well, you know, we spoke earlier about the Arsenal free kick. I think he scored another wonderful free kick um, in this game. I think, and I think that Liverpool, I don't think looked good in this game. I think we looked very, very shifty. Like you know, remember, you know, of course. Last year to the present moment, you know, for, for us trying to get top four. And I, that feeling was the exact same feeling as this. Like you said, it was, can Liverpool get top four? Will we get top four? You know, will this, like, I don't think any of us want Europa League football. Um, and it was just the panic of, like, Christ, what happens if we do get Europa League football? Like, none of us want that. Jürgen doesn't want it. He wants Champions Champions League football, and it was it was just a just a moment where Sam Allardyce could be the guy that stops Liverpool getting top four for football, and it, oh, it was just so infuriating. Um, and I think that was like last year in in a sense where Liverpool lost. I think we lost to Fulham last year, and it was the same with with the Palace game back then. And it was the right we've got. There's certain amount of games we have to get nearly maximum points to be able to get top four. And that is what, you know, luckily we managed to do. Yeah, after that game, yeah, at the absolute anger of that. Yeah, we, we had uh, Lovren back from injury, Lovren and Matip in defence with Mignolet in goal, Milner on the left and Klein on the right. And then our midfield that day was Genie Vijnaldum on the, on the left side of the three Lucas Laver in the middle and Emery Chan on the right of the three. And up front, we had Coutinho on the left, who, as you say, scored a beautiful goal with Origi in the centre and Firmino on the right. So there was no Sadio. Can't remember why, but maybe that was the difference again. Super Sadio. Um, I mm-hmm. believe Sadio got injured in the Everton game. Okay, okay. There you go. It's amazing what slips out of your mind over the years. But yes. Sorry, you were going to say something else? No, I, I think he did his... Was it his Achilles? I think he did. Um, 
after he scored. I think it was after he scored the opening goal. Um, oh, wow. Against Everton. I think he got injured straight after it, which I think then was the, the plan B option for you. And then towards the end of the season. Oh, wow. Okay. So he rolled out the div for the rest of the season and then Firmino out on the right. And of course, yeah, Sturridge had his injury problems at that time as well. So we were left with just a few games left. We were left with four games after the Palace uh, loss at Anfield. Watford away, which we managed to win 1-0. Then Southampton at home and we couldn't beat Southampton again. We drew 0-0 at home with Southampton. Then West Ham, a must-win game. And a must-win game under Jurgen Klopp is often a game that we actually win. Um, it was 4-0. We blew them away. Sturridge was back from injury. He got the first one after 35 minutes. Coutinho had such a great season. He got the second and the third. And Divo Origi put the icing on the cake. He put the cling film around the sandwich and we were we were all set up we were one point ahead we were on 70 points arsenal were on 69 points and we had one more game of the season and it was liverpool three middlesbrough three and i remember this day i remember the nerves the absolute terror as a kind of difficult Difficult first half unfolded before our eyes. Middlesbrough parking the bus. Uh, they had, who did they have? Callum Chambers, Ben Gibson in defence, centre of defence. They had Brad Guzan in goal. Midfield, they had Clayton, Ledbitter and Forshaw. They had Stuart Downing, Rudy Guesthead and Patrick Bamford of all people up front. Whereas we had Milner, Lovren, Matip and Klein with Mignolet goal. In midfield, we had Emre Chan in the six, Coutinho on the left of midfield, Vinaldo on the right of midfield, Lalana in a sort of, you know, playing it as a number 10 behind Firmino and Sturridge. And that first half, do you remember it, Connor? Do you remember feeling that, you know, the, that, 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 that terror until Jeannie Vinaldum scored that absolutely beautiful goal. It was like the relief of a thousand massages. Um, it was, it was, it was relief. Like you know, when you 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 pop a blister, but it's the world's largest blister, and you fill a swimming pool with the pus. Uh, excuse me, uh, that was a bit disgusting. But by that time, surely, Jeannie Vijnaldum, who you had had doubts with at the start of the season, surely by that time he had convinced you that he was very much a part of this Liverpool team. So talk to me about Jeannie and talk to me about your feelings of this match. Oh, he can, he can, well, to be fair, that analogy was probably my stomach before the game. was It was just full of nerves and tension. Um, and Jeannie Wijnaldum, he won me he won me through you know midway through the season um i think it was around december time um where i was like yeah the, the jürgen found a, a baller by it um but this we all speak about genie wijnaldum the barcelona game and what happened for that this game for me was as as important as that because this game was the start of the Liverpool we all know and love. That the Liverpool that has gone on to Champions League finals, won the Champions League, won the Premier League. If this moment hadn't have happened, if Genie Wijnaldum hadn't scored that goal, I know we did go on to win the game three nil. But you know, you don't know what the game you know is going to pan out without scoring that goal. And I think you know. I think we had to win the the game because of you know due to other people's um, results, but that was the start for me of it. when that goal went through and then Liverpool looked calm in the second half and you know managed to go on and win. That was the start for me of when that was the more important moment because I think if Liverpool got Europa League football at the end of that season, I don't think we would have been able to convince the likes of. You know, you're obviously speaking the next episode, but of course, the signings that came in the following um, summer and winter, and the fact that Liverpool wouldn't have gone on to Kiev 
and so forth. And that's where how important it was and how important it meant to the club. You know, Liverpool prior to that moment had, of course, been in and out of you, you know the Champions League. I don't think we'd been in the Champions League until I think it was um, fourteen, fifteen. After, of course, us nearly winning the league. And it was just a huge moment and a huge relief that we got it. And it was like pulling, it was like pulling a bandaid off, um, I think. And that is where I think Liverpool then decided to go. Okay, we're gonna go for it, and we're gonna, you know, we we know we've got the attacking force. We know what we have going forward. If we can add elements to that, Liverpool will be a fantastic side. It was then the the, the the defensive where, like we spoke about earlier, it was like a broken down G wagon at times, and that is where we, it, improvements were needed. Um, and I think just the relief that you know we could rebuild in the summer, go again. I think that was the important thing. But having Champions League football was just the dream. It was the sad part where I think it was just the qualifier at the time. I don't think it had come in the rule um, yet, where it was automatic, but just the sense of Champions League football and Liverpool, it was just the sense of relief, I would say. And it was very, very interesting. That's a great answer, but it, it was it, it was very, very interesting how just after that match, Jurgen Klopp said, excellent, we've done it. Now we need to be here every year. That was the perfect thing to say, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it, it, it was. And, you know, since then, we've been in Champions League football. And um, long may that continue, because if I, I hate Thursday nights. I'd rather sit in front of the, the set. Well, I'd rather be sitting on the settee on Thursday nights instead of, you know, thinking about Liverpool um, on Thursday nights anyway. Yeah, gosh, gosh. I mean, the Europa League run that we had was fun, but it's nothing compared to the Champions League. We belong there. We belong there. And uh, and that, that wraps it up for this episode. This has been part two of our Klopp retros- retrospective, retrospective even. Um, my brain's gone. All of these memories, all of this reminiscing, all of these wonderful goals that happened, those great displays, even Felipe Coutinho, what a player he was that season, my player of the season. He scored some great goals, some important goals, but of course he's up there equal with Sadio, the main man, Manny, who made such a difference, and Jeannie Vijnaldum as well, brilliant. Joel Matip at the back, at times the lone defender, because I don't count Degsy, you can't count Milner, and Nathaniel Klein, okay, he was good, he was good that season, but uh, not you know, a sort of six or seven out of ten. Quite consistent, not bad. But yes, um, thank you, Connor. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you know, this, this not even walk down memory lane, this sort of electric scooter ride down memory lane. And uh, thank you so much for joining me. That was an absolute pleasure, my friend. Um, it's been... It's been nice to go to go back through the memories, but it's also a time of gratefulness of look, look how Liverpool was before um, we didn't have the final products and that just just look, just go back to that January. I never want that January to happen again for Liverpool yes. Football Club, even though we we did put up with it last year. But yeah, yeah it, it it was it was an exciting time to you know to practically watch Liverpool and destroy teams at times, but it was also a very frustrating moment as well. But yeah, thank you for uh, having me on, mate. It's uh, very much appreciated.